Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. All right, let's get Wetmore in here from 1500ESPN.com, Touch Em All podcast. And um, welcome to the show, by the way. Hey, hi, Derek Wetmore. Thanks, thanks for having me in. Judd and I were going to kick this around, but we were going to do this earlier in the show, but our Johan segments have just been, we've just been arguing, I think mostly with straw men here, but we want Johan Santana to have had more consideration for the Hall of Fame, but now he's off the ballot, so that ship has sailed. Here's a question for you. Jake Cave just hits a grand slam over the weekend. Jake Cave now has an OPS of close to, what's my math here, almost, let's see, 483, five, like an 800 OPS. <laughs> He plays center field with reckless abandon. Byron Buxton hurt minor leagues, no production. Has Jake Cave surpassed Byron Buxton as this team's center fielder on the depth chart 2019? What are your thoughts? No. Okay. No, I don't think he has. And I think, Judd, how can you let him just do math on the fly like this, on the air? We we shouldn't you stand think I have for this. Ma- I have no math skills whatsoever. I don't, care what he, I don't care what he does. I felt benilled. All right. So, I, look, Jake Cave is a nice player, and the Twins did well to add him to the organization. I think depth-wise, this actually helps them quite a bit. This is... This, to me, is hedging for if Max Kepler doesn't develop to what you think he's going to be, or or if Zach Granite's just gone and, and you never hear from him again, which seems like is the case now. So you need guys like Jake Cave, but Byron Buxton is in a different class. Like Yeah, there's a lot of variability to what Buxton could be this year, next year, five years from now, but you can't replace that type of talent with a guy who... Who's had a nice little debut here for the Twins? Talent-wise, though, I don't think it's that close between Byron Buxton and Jake Cave. So for 2019, I, here's what I'm doing, guys. I'm making a leveraged bet on Miguel Sano and Byron Buxton saying, great, if you guys are superstars, we've got the team around you to go. And if you're not, this is going to be a tough climb out of, the, out of the, where the Twins currently find themselves right yeah. now. Can we get back to Buxton, please? Well, sure, but I feel bad raining on Jake Cave's segment. Like. Well, no, I mean, Jake Cave's a great story. Good for him. It's fantastic. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. But our guy, Jake DePew, uh, talked to Falvey, obviously, about a lot of subjects involving the Twins. And he posted a story in the past couple of days at our site about the fact that uh, Derek Falvey now says that the leg kick is going to stay at least for now with Buxton. So when he comes back now, he's got the leg kick back, which he had for a while. And then he and Rousen, if I recall correctly, last year got rid of it. And Buxton uh, excelled from July 1st on. And then he struggled again. Anyway, long story short, when are they going to decide on on a plan with this guy as far as i mean at some point they have. at some point in time it's a leg kick it's I know, but at some story. point but this is ridiculous now <laughs> you you're still i mean we know for a fact that byron buxton spends too much time in his own head right so now we're going from the major league hitting coach got rid of the leg kick okay that's all well and good and you're hitting again to you're not hitting again so let's try this again at some point in time here we've got to settle on a plan for this guy at the plate cuz this is ridiculous now I think that the leg kick is overplayed. I think we talk about it too much. I think big league hitters think about these things a little bit, but the number one thing that they're thinking is, where are my hands, where is my head, when the pitch is at the point where I have to make the decision. And that's 
all that matters to these guys. It's a timing mechanism for him, that the is, leg kick. Yeah, and, and it's a power thing, too. I think mm-hmm. if he thinks he can get his hips through better and his hands are traveling faster, well, that's going to be more bat speed. That's going to be more power. Great. But if you swing and miss at 40% of the pitches, like it, the powers doesn't matter. You're not Joey Gallo. And so I think that's what the Twins are sort of in limbo on. Are you trying to develop this guy having some power? Or do you just need him to make more contact at all costs? What's weird about Byron Buxton, Judd, and why this is so this is maddening just on the surface level, but if you dig a layer deeper, it's even more maddening if you're the twins. Well, thanks for that. Here you go. You're you're upset, and I think a lot of people are upset because of the inconsistency. Yeah, there have been some injuries, but like offensively, you can't say this is all because of injuries. Like there, there's been a very real step back that Byron Buxton has taken. And now we're all asking the question: forget is he a superstar? Is he a big leaguer? Is he a big league starter, everyday caliber center fielder? We're asking that question right now. You dig a layer deeper, and I I personally think that it gets even worse because in the months that he's been excellent, that he's been that superstar, gold glove caliber defense, probably the fastest guy in the major leagues on a good day, hitting everything. He's also hitting for power. That's what's so frustrating about it. You remember two Septembers ago, power surge. I think he hit nine homers if you include the inside the Parker. Last year, August and September, power. So... Then you come into this year, and not only has the power gone away, it's the contact has gone away. He's striking out all the time. He's finding himself in one-two counts. He's twisting himself in a pretzel, and it's just not there for Buxton. To me, that is the most maddening part, that you don't necessarily have to decide contact or power, because when he's on, he's had both. How do you get him on? I don't know. Yeah, Here's the other thing. I've heard just sort of speculation and debate. Should they just shut him down? His his wrist is a problem, and you know it's it's obviously in... A nagging injury that won't go away. They should just shut him down for the year and wipe the slate clean. I think that would be a huge mistake. I you, agree. You can't go from like June until April. You can't go ten months and not see a major league breaking ball or a major league changeup. What I would do is I don't know how long it's going to take to get the wrist to feel better. I would sit him for as long as sit him for four weeks right now to get the wrist better, and then call him up as a September call up. And if that means because there's a service time. You know, clock game that could be played here too, where he only needs 13 more days of service time this year in order to. You know, no, get to no, the no, next no, year. no. You can't play that game. I, I mostly agree. I mean, if it's if it's borderline and the wrist is still ailing into September, okay, like maybe you consider shutting him down at that point. But he can't just end his season without seeing more major league yeah. pitching you, or triple A pitching for that matter. You can't play that game, and the simple fact is. If you don't fix him, if you don't solve this yeah, Rubik's cube, matter. then service time is irrelevant. Correct. Yeah. It's you're That's not wondering. Not you're, exactly. you're not wondering what you. year he'll become a free right. agent and but, what year you get arb control. Yeah, but like you like, need you know, to fix if, this first and foremost. If you shut him down, and I don't know where you stand on this, Judd, but. Sounds like you and I agree. You can't shut you him. Can't down. shut him down. If the wrist doesn't get there, that's a different what conversation. What Smalley said is right. Both Sano and Buxton need to continue playing. Yeah. Like, Smalley, like you're not taking time off. Let's right? t- so Smalley came on our show last week and he said, this is going to sound unorthodox. And obviously you'd have to get buy-in from the players. But but Sano and Buxton need to face major league pitching or professional pitching this offseason, whether it's a winter league or some, some other structure where you're bringing in like a retired but recently retired major leaguer or whatever it is. Like they can't go the whole offseason and not hone their swings and hone their approaches. Yeah, and I don't know what that does for a guy's approach in terms of what does he bring in spring training? But it's got to be a consideration. I think everything has to be a consideration. Um, Miguel's in a little different spot, I think. I, I don't know if you guys agree this past week or so. The, 
the innings that I've caught, the games that I've seen, like he looks like a real player again. He, he looks does. back well, he, to being he's at lost, least close to Miguel. He's lost Sano. weight, and so, but but I think I think what you have to do is you have to have a plan where both of them continue to play for a while now, and and you had you need buy in from both of them, and with Buxton, I think he'd be fine. But you need buy in that they are going they are going to allow you to monitor them throughout the winter. Like you well, can't have them disappear right, that, for long periods thing. of time. Right. But I, I'm just saying Roy's point was this can't just be uh play a little bit and then we'll, we'll see a twins fest and then spring training. So you need buy-in from both these guys that this is a crucial w- winter for both of them for different. I mean, with Buxton, I don't have a fear that he's not going to work hard, but both of them need to be under your watch for extended periods of time, I think, in order to show up at spring training with the best chances yeah. to succeed. And I don't know how all that works with the union. Like, I do think you'd have to be cool with that. On mm-hmm. You'd have to have not just the players buy in, but multiple people. Miguel, I'm not so worried. I don't think he needs to see a pitch between November 1st and February 15th. And, and he can just, if he's like this, and let's say he keeps trending in the right direction, conditioning, defensively, Base running, I feel like he's moving around better. Saw him run into the box hard on Friday, which we didn't see all the first, you know, however long he was up before they sent him out to Fort Myers. I'm not as worried about that because his pitch recognition skills, when he's on top of the, like, one of the best just behind Joe Maurer in terms of the Twins lineup. Byron Buxton's got the opposite problem. Byron Buxton, nobody's questioning the want to. There's nobody that works with Byron Buxton on a daily basis that says, like, ah. I'm not sure if he wants to be great. You'll no. never hear that. And I'm not saying like like just just there's just no comparison in terms of what the issue is. And so that's what's frustrating. If you're the twins and trying to fix quote unquote Byron Buxton right now, it's a pitch recognition thing. It's a contact. It's can you get your hands to the ball? And those are such very simple elementary building blocks that you've just got to throw your hands up at sometimes being being frustrated. I will say in Buxton's defense, the injuries have played a huge part, not only in this year, but his career. We could play this game all day long, go back to the minor leagues, look at the extended period of development that he missed just because he was hurt. And so you start to ask, as ah, injury prone, is that a question? Is that a problem? Is that going to follow him? I don't know. I don't know if you can label players injury prone or if it's just randomness and bad luck working against Byron Buxton. But what I do know is that in the time that most players like Buxton Raw, athletic, supreme, top-of-the-chart skills, but not quite a full package yet. They get years and years and years to figure it out, and it always seems like it's something with Buxton. Yeah, I'm, I'm not out on him. I'm not done, but I don't know what the plan is this winter. I just don't think you can give up on 2018 because he's so important to your 2019 and beyond. Something else of note, too, when you play that position, center field, and your game is predicated on speed... There's a there's a there's an expiration date on how long that remains your top, you know, elite attribute. Torrey Hunter was the best center fielder in baseball, but by the time you get to be about 29, 30, 31, your straight line speed starts to go away and you move to right field in your early 30s. I mean, Buxton is no longer a 21, 22-year-old kid. Sure. So, let's go into 2019 and that was he to be 25 in 2019. I think that's I think that's correct. And so he might only have four years left of peak center field performance left. But when you called him up initially, you thought, oh, man, this is going to be like nine consecutive gold gloves. It's just going to be a decade of gold gloves in center yeah. field. 
And that's not the way it works. You you start to lose your straight line speed when you get to be 28, 29, 30, 31, and it, and it deteriorates to where you have to move to the corner outfield spot. So even that, like they've wasted some of the best years of yes. his defense right now, too. But they really have or to he hope. has wasted, not they have. A little bit of both. Okay. I don't yeah. think they're blameless in this. Sure. Um, I think that you're talking about an elite defender and an elite runner, and... Gosh, if he could just get on base a little bit. <laughs> well, that that's what we keep saying. Right. No, but there are two there are two paths here. Even succeeding, there are two paths. Yeah. I mean, the one path that I think we're sort of shadow boxing around is that he's just a bust. If Byron Buxton forgot how to hit and make contact, like you just can't play that. He's Billy Hamilton. That's fourth well, that's outfielder, out there, fourth outfielder, maybe yeah. like the mm-hmm. the ninth hitter on a bad lineup. That that would be a a really, really bad outcome for the twins and obviously for Byron Buxton. There's a second path, let's let's call it just like down the middle, that's like a serviceable player. Hey, get on base just a little bit, gold glove defense, got the arm, you really change the game in that aspect. And then when you are on base, you create havoc. Mm -hmm. Nice. We'll take that. He's whatever. He's the sixth or seventh best player on your team, on a good team, and you're thinking, cool, supplementary piece. Well, then there's this other one that we've seen for stretches, and it's tantalized Twins fans for a number of years now, really since he was drafted in 2012, which was superstar, which is you hit 300, you get on base at 375, you hit for power, 500 or more slugging, you're hitting 25, 30 home runs in a year. Oh, and by the way, that's from a gold glove caliber, fastest man in baseball center fielder. That's a huge range of outcomes. I was talking with somebody last two, three weeks ago, maybe said, well, you know, it's kind of like this conversation started with Byron Buxton and we got to talking about the NBA. And they said, yeah, I mean, but there's still, the possibility still exists that like, this is the Steph Curry, Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn draft. And the guy said, right, but right now he looks like Johnny Flynn. I said, yes, but the question is, is Steph Curry still in there? The guy throws his hands up and he says, "At this point, I'll take Ricky Rubio." Yeah, yeah. and I, th- I think that's, yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Is like, is he going to be serviceable? Is he going to be great? Or are we going to say, "Oh, remember what could have been"? One day, are we going to be saying that with Byron Buxton? I, I don't know, but that's the very real concern. I think if you're the Twins right now, yeah, and it's it's and and also frustrating. Probably not going to get many answers in the ca- the calendar year of 2018, regardless of what happens. If he shreds in September again, you're still going to yes. wonder. And okay, well, hopefully for them, he's healthy soon. They're able to just call him up pretty quickly and get him some big league at bats. Because really, guys, the rest of this season. You've got to start working your way towards these answers. You can't just say, Absolutely, I don't know. You do. we'll, yes. see. we'll see you in February. No. Yep. yep. Wetmore hanging out with us. We're talking twins. Find his stuff on 1500ESPN.com. All right, we were just talking during the commercial break here. Obviously, the, the, the twins with two months to go, it's not, it's not a death march in the sense that some of these other seasons have been to 100 losses. They're still going to put up a fight. They just swept a bad team. But who are the main auditioners here that you're interested in auditioners like that's the perfect term because that's what the final two months are it's okay ship has sailed on the postseason and you kind of want to figure out are your good players going to continue to answer them is eddie rosario going to continue to be an all-star caliber player when the games don't aren't perceived to matter as much that i want to know that but throwing that aside and just saying okay we think we know what rosario is we we I mean we think we know what Joe Maurer is at this point in his career. Pretty much everybody has to be watched. Pretty much everybody is putting their resume on display every night right now. I mean Logan Morrison's got an option. 
which I don't know that you pick up right now, but you know, hot I'm, hitting. I'm good, for, I'm good on that. Yeah, option. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm saying good on that. It's been fun, it's been fun, Lomo. Yeah, that dude's gonna wind up with 25 home runs, though. He's gonna. That's what I'm play. saying. Gonna, like a little hot hitting, maybe his. Yeah, uh, that bomb he hit over the weekend still hasn't landed, and it is fun when he when he's in that mode. It is kind of fun to watch. But thanks for showing up when the season mattered most. I know. And if you I, had your stats going into. What's likely to be free agency again for him? Then. Hey, sometimes volume scoring is important, boys. So I, that's that's just one example. That's not the first person I'm I'm watching. I'm just kind of looking around the diamond and like you do want to know is Mauer coming back? I'm also looking. Does Mauer catch Killebrew in terms of times on base? Sid had Sid talked to Jim Polad last Great. week and, yeah. and got the and got what I think is the God's truth. Okay, let's hear it. Joe Mauer is coming back if he wants to. What 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 did Jim say? Jim said that is up to the Mauer family and they will make a decision. It's going to be up to Joe Mauer. Can I say something about so, media covering sports just quickly? I mean, of course. Yeah. Okay. So you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, Judd. Sid will just barge into somebody's office, yeah. and I think every once in a while, they say something that they either don't mean or like might not be truthful. They just need to give Sid an answer so yep. that he'll go away. I mean, no, Jim, I don't know what that okay. meeting was like, but I was sitting by Sid when he got back from Polad. I'm going to disagree. He feverishly calls the desk and says, uh, Wednesday for Thursday, I've got something for oh, you. Yeah. This is going to be good. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with, with you on, on this. Uh, Jim, Jim Polad's quotes, while bland as can be, usually there's not deception there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying so. I I, tr- in this I, tr- case. I trust that this is the one player who's going to get to m- make up his mind what he's going to Boy, do. You remember Jim- four years ago when Terry Ryan told Sid that Gardy was back? Oh yeah, no GMs lie. I'm just saying Jim Polad. I think has a, has a history of if you get him, he's going to tell you what what he thinks at that time. Okay, and I do I do think that the one guy that he's going to say. It's up. It's up to him. Is Joe? What's up with the owners in this town? Not just letting the general managers they hire make. Yeah, the decisions. I was going to say, did Sid ask Jim about Joe Mauer's I'm expected weighted on base average? I'm with you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you guys. I mean, okay. So as much I'm as not... as much as we mostly in this room disagree on Tom Thibodeau's style and philosophies, if you're Glenn Taylor and you hired Tom Thibodeau to be your president of basketball ops, you don't then overrule him on right. Andrew Wiggins. That's right. You just like if you're Jim Polad and you hired Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. Like, I'm okay with Maurer coming back next year, but that shouldn't be... Like, Jim Polad should delegate that decision to Falvey and Levine. He also shouldn't choose yeah. in the first week of August, yeah, what's going to happen. And, and also, even buried in that quote, we don't know... Like, this just opened up a whole can of worms. We don't know if Maurer wants to come back for sure. So... That's correct. To be determined, I'm watching Joe Maurer in what could be the final two months of his Twins career. We don't know. Um, I want to see who's going to play second base next year, but I don't know that that person's on the 25-man roster right now. I want to see if Jorge Polanco is the shortstop that we thought he was the final two months last year. I want to see Miguel Sano. Can he hold on to what he's done in this past week here at third base? Is he a third baseman? I want to see Mitch Garver. Can he actually play behind the plate and then... There's just a whole laundry list on the pitching staff that I'm curious to see. Real quick, like 60 seconds sure. in, left in the segment. If you're Joe Maurer, and and there's two months to go in this season, less than two months, and some team, be it the Yankees or whoever else, got in contact with the Twins here before the waiver deadline and said, you know what, we'll take him, and uh, we'll, we'll give you like a player to be named later, but we'll take him and we'll eat some of the money to give you a little, maybe we'll eat some of the money and we'll give you a, a, like a C-level prospect for him. Mm-hmm. But it's Joe's chance to go play for a World Series on a playoff team. Let's let's call it the Yankees. I don't think he would do it. And it sounds like he, you know, just behind the scenes, it sounds like he doesn't have a lot of interest in leaving the Twins, even for a two-month rental. I would do it. 
Would you leave? Like if the Yankees said, I know you're a Minnesota guy and your family's in Minnesota and you love the Twins. You went to Creighton Durham Hall. Wife's pregnant. You wouldn't go to New York for two months and chase a ring. Yep. Yep. And and I'd still say, catch you. Catch you after the World Series. I know what Judd would say. Catch you after the World Series. I know what Phil would say. I don't think I would leave. Why? I don't think I would leave. Like what? To go win a World Series, to play meaningful baseball, and to go have a twelve point five percent chance to win a World Series as a backup first baseman. Really? As a backup first baseman? You've been thinking like that. I'm saying. I'm saying. If I'm Joe Mauer right now, I'm pretty sure he's cool. What if they assured you that you could come back? It's going to be up to you. You're going to go. We're going to trade you. We're not going to get much back. Go, go, pursue a championship. Give him the Eduardo Escobar deal. And we, and we plan. If you want to come back here, there's a place for for you. So we're not eliminating your potential for playing. Yeah, then I might do it. I don't know. I don't think you will, but it's a no-brainer. Look, to me, it's just you got to figure out, is a guy motivated by a World Series and stuff like that? Or is is his legacy just one of the greatest twins of all time and did it all in one uniform? I think He's definitely motivated by a World Series, but I think it's World Series with the twins or or bust, basically. I got bad news for you, then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go find Wetmore stuff on 1500ESPN.com. Touch them all podcast feed. Thanks for coming in, Derek. Derek. Thanks, guys. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.